Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook. Kevin, gee, it was lovely hanging out with you last week at that Medigy shoot. Out and about at Jubilee Park, sun was shining. God, it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, nice to change it up. We were normally stuck at our desks, whether we were recording this podcast or um, I'm at my day job. <laughs> we don't get out much, and it was very nice to get outside. And you've met the, the wider Metagy podcast team. I've met the gang. Yeah, I've met the gang. I'm the, uh, the unofficial, unpaid extra member of the Medici team and <laughs> it's nice to be part of it they're great people um look they are giving us some very nice content i mean we're giving them some very nice content aren't we so for context listeners kevin and i are taking over uh Medici's social accounts uh we're shooting well we've done a series of five uh, episodes for them both video and podcasts on um, their podcast this week in marketing. And Kevin and I shared our 5Bs framework there. And then we're going to spend another five episodes sharing five steps in the first of the 5Bs, all about be ready. And so it's really cool to be able to share that with them and with their audience. It definitely is uh, just another way of getting the message out there. And listeners, a great way uh, to do some content collaboration, right? Medici's audience are in our Dream 100. They're all people who could definitely use the B2B playbook. And hey, they want some content. So uh, we're doing, I guess, a bit of the lifting on the content side. They're actually going and producing it. And um, 
you know, I guess by working together, we've lightened the load on both of us and hopefully come up with something really great, both for our, our audience and for theirs. Yep. Uh, a great win-win situation, a great example of the Dream 100 and helpful marketing at work and collaboration at work. And I'm sure there'll be many more opportunities to come. So hopefully listeners, uh, you're finding those same opportunities out there. And Kevin, speaking of the Dream 100, I showed you, right, how hard I was fanboying when uh, Rand Fishkin acknowledged my email to him and then did a social post that mentioned me as well. For those of you who don't know, listeners, Rand Fishkin, uh, he actually created Moz, which is like the first big SEO blog and tool, and I believe sold the business in about 2014 or so. And he has since gone on to create a very cool uh, platform called SparkToro which uh, essentially is a tool that helps you find your dream customers, Dream 100. You plug in keywords or hashtags or a profile or a website, and it gives you a whole lot of details about where it thinks that person's Dream 100 would be. So very cool tool and uh, very nice to have a, you know, a very brief, brief social engagement with Rand Fishkin and hopefully get him on the podcast, Kev, in a couple of months' time. That'll be very exciting. Yeah, George, that was a very exciting uh, news and it's great to see that your hard work in the Dream 100 front is paying off for us here at the B2B Playbook podcast. Uh, as you said, um, that is, however small the interaction, that was a very uh, big deal for both of us and we're very excited to hear back from Rand. And yeah, hopefully um, we can get him on the show. I'm sure he'll have some really good insights for our listeners. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, Kev, uh, let's dig into today's episode. So for context listeners, we're really towards the beginning of Be Seen, which is in season three of the B2B Playbook podcast, where of course we detail our framework for sustainable B2B growth, the five Bs. Uh, season one, we spoke about Be Ready, which is all about how to deeply understand your customers. Last season, we spoke about how to be helpful, which is how to build relationships uh, in the digital world. And this season, Kev, Be Seen, it's all about really how to build those relationships at scale. And we really defined two approaches to doing that, didn't we? We said on the one hand, there's account-based management or ABM that people talk about. And then on the other, there's really using paid advertising to both create and capture demand. Now, over the next couple of episodes, and we started with the last episode, we were digging into account-based management, into ABM, and we're giving away step-by-step step how we think it should be done. And we started off last week by saying, well, the first step to ABM is really defining the targets. So really narrowing your ideal customer profile, uh, segmenting them into tiers, and that is really our starting point. So we know exactly who it is that we're going to go after. Because Kev, of course, ABM is really a different mindset uh, when it comes to marketing. It's really identifying a very small number of accounts that fit your ideal customer profile and then creating very highly personalized, tailored experiences and then working with sales and marketing in tandem to win over these key accounts. So Kev, we had step one last week, as I mentioned, and now we're going to dig into step two, which is actually going and doing the positioning and messaging. So when we speak to our ideal customer profile, we have the positioning and messaging, so it resonates with them. Now, Kevin, positioning and messaging are often two terms that uh, get used a little interchangeably in marketing, but they're actually quite different. Do you want to tell us what positioning is and then what messaging is? Yeah, sure thing, George. 
Positioning is all about how your dream customers perceive your product or brand. It's also about how to influence their perception of it. They form this perception as a total sum of the experiences, including your marketing uh, interactions with your marketing rather, or interactions with your sales team, product experience, and your client services team. We need to adjust our communication so that our positioning becomes a natural fit for our target customers in ABM. We showed you before how to target this segment last week, and this week we're going to talk about how we can position our solution for this narrow target list. Right, so positioning is how the dream customers perceive the product, and then the messaging, I guess, is all the different ways that we can communicate that position, that value to the dream customers. And as you said, Kev, we now have to do this to make sure that our positioning and our messaging really highly resonates and makes sense to our list of customers that we defined uh, in the last episode, that narrow set of customers that we're going after with ABM. So Kev, good position is actually more important than ever. I mean, there is so much competition in really every market. Everyone thinks that their own business is unique, but the reality is to a customer, you probably have at least a handful of competitors. And so you need to make sure that your product, your service actually specifically stands out and relates to the dream customer and the exact problems that they're having themselves. Without it, then the customer is just going to compare you and you're going to end up in a feature and price war with all of your competitors. Let me give you an example, Kev. My shower drain, okay, like terribly clogged. That is awful. I'm a germaphobe. It was my absolute worst nightmare, Kevin, when my feet were taking a bath in some very gross things uh, the other day in the shower. So of course, like I went to the supermarket and I wanted to get something to clear the drain. I wanted the most toxic thing in the world. And I went to the section where they had all the things that could clear drains. There must've been 10 different competing products. Uh, Some said they were for cleaning bathroom sinks. Others said that they were for like outdoor pipes. And then there was one, of course, Drano, which says it was like directly for pipes for shower drains. And I was like, well, this fits me exactly. Now, Kevin, do you really think that the ingredients or whatever the formulation was, was that different between those 10 different products? Like probably not. I don't know. I can't read those long chemical compounds on the back of it anyway. I, I can't, I can't understand. I couldn't tell you, but I doubt that they really do anything that different. But one of them, Drano, positioned them for, to exactly match my need. And I just reached out and grabbed it. And I was like, well, okay, that's exactly for me. So then that's a great example as to how they have positioned themselves to match my need. And in the exact same way, listeners, for you to get cut through, you need to match the positioning of your business with the needs of your dream customers. All right, Kev. So we know that our value proposition is really important. I mean, it helps communicate what you are, why you're different to the competition, why you're worth buying. How do you find your unique value proposition? Where, where do you start to do that? I think it comes back to talking to your customers and your potential customers again, George. Um, ask your existing customers, interview them. Ask them things like what outcomes do they want from you or do they get from working with you or buying your product or services? What challenges were they facing at the time? What objections did they have when they were putting forward the possibility of working with you or working with your product or service? What were the outcomes that finally they got from using you? After you gather data from speaking to your customers and running those interviews, 
There's a four-step process to then create your unique value proposition from that data. The first step is to analyze those interviews and pull out things like, why did your clients choose to work with your company? What did they love most about working with you? And how would they describe your business or company to someone who has never heard of you before? The second step is to pull out what they've said and put it into a list and then go down the list and rank out of 10 how your business does these things compared to your competitors. This will tell you where you sit relative to your competition. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Yeah, for example, if I speak to Kev, our clients that have gone through the B2B incubator, and let's say that out of eight or 10 that I've spoken to, a whole lot of them told me that out of the program, they really loved how actionable the templates were that we provide because it helps them get stuff done. It actually helps them implement the strategy. So that would be one of the things that I found to be common in these customer interviews that would form part of that list of things that were commonly said. And then I would go and look at who else it is that offers a B2B strategy development program like ours, who else we would define as competition and look at, well, how well do they do templates? Is that something that they do really well and score us compared to that? So if we do way better than they, than they do when it comes to templates, I'll give us a 10. If it turns out that there's other competitors out there who do it better than us, then maybe I'll give us a six or seven. And Kev, the reason that we're doing that is because the third step in finding a unique value proposition is to look at that list that we've just created and we can see now what things are our dream customers mentioning that they love about our product or service that we're doing better than the competition. So that's how we're able to identify not just what they love, but what they love and what we're doing better. And that's going to give us our unique of well, our UVP, right? Our unique value proposition. And so then step four, we can then test these UVPs by using a survey and sending it out to your best customers to rate. Have each of your UVPs that you want to test with a bit of explainer next to it so they get the sense of what each point is about. Yeah, for example, we might make, you know, uh, <laughs> five maybe 10 UVPs uh, from what our dream clients tell us about the B2B incubator. One of them might be, you know, we give small B2B marketing teams the strategy and tools that they need to create demand. That could just be one of 10 that we send through to people based on these insights that we have. Send it all through in a survey and just see which one resonates most with them. Or if you don't have enough people to send a survey out or you don't think the response rate's gonna be very high, just 
contact your dream customers. Um, I mean, you already have dream customers that you're going to speak to. Part of this exercise in ABM is going out and finding more people like them. So the great thing is we already have an audience that we can test this messaging on before we roll it out to ones that aren't as familiar with us. All right, listeners. So now that you have your UVPs, what do you do with them? Well, the first step you can do is you can adapt your social profiles to include it. And that goes beyond just updating the banners and the look and feel of your social profile pages. You can also update your descriptions in that same vein. And make sure to feature relevant companies that you work with, relevant companies, companies that are similar to your target audience. Another thing you can do is obviously to update your website to include your UVP as well. But make sure at the same time to also focus on your ICP. So that's your ideal customer profile. Again, it's similar to the social profiles. You need to directly tell the people that come to your website what your unique value proposition is, but you also need to show them that these are the similar people that you already work with that's relevant to them. So they can really resonate and see that this product or service is also relevant to them. If you target multiple ICPs, maybe it's worthwhile doing a specific landing page for each of the segments that you want to target. And finally, you can adapt your message to target each of the roles in the buying committee. How you pitch your UVP to the champion of your product might be different to how you communicate that same message to the decision maker. Yeah, Kev, I mean, when it comes to the B2B incubator, what we're finding is the CEO, the executive, the person who actually is the decision maker because they hold the uh, the purse strings, they have the budget, they often want something a little bit different to the marketer. Uh, the marketer, you know, really wants a plan for sustainable B2B growth, but the executive wants to make sure that this plan can exist beyond that marketer because of course their fear is that they come through our program, they get all this amazing knowledge and then what happens if they then go and move on elsewhere because they you know they do have all this knowledge, they're able to level up, they're able to move somewhere else. This, the executive is afraid of investing in that person and so we need to communicate of course the benefits to the executive team, have messaging that reassures them that that won't be the case because this strategy actually gets implemented for the business and it's all documented. So even if you wonderful B2B marketers do leave the business that you're working at, your executive team can be uh, very satisfied that they still got all the benefit from the program even beyond your presence there. All right, George, so that's positioning. What is messaging then? Well, Kev, messaging is all the ways you communicate your positioning and your unique value proposition. So remember when we spoke in season one about how we can get inside our dream customers' heads. We said that people are motivated by three core desires and we said they are health, wealth, or relationships. They want an improvement in one of those three. And we created away from pain or towards pleasure statements to really try and get in their heads. And what this really is, it's just a way of tapping into your customers' wants or desires or needs. So we can communicate our UVP, our unique value proposition, in a way that they actually care about it. All right, Kev, I'll give us another example using the B2B incubator. Now, the B2B incubator, it mostly taps into the core desire, I think, for B2B marketers to improve their wealth. Maybe relationships, but I'll tell you why I think it's wealth. The reason I think it's wealth, Kev, is because once they go through the incubator, they'll have the knowledge that they really need to excel in their B2B marketing roles. And of course, everyone wants to do a great job for their business, but I would like to think that beyond that, there's a core desire to get promoted, to earn more money, 
So I think probably a lot of that motivation is to do with an improvement in wealth. And Kevin, something that uh, we heard really often from interviewing our dream customers is them telling us that they were always all on HubSpot's blog, just trying to piece together what to do next in B2B marketing, trying to figure out what they should do, uh, how to turn it into one big cohesive strategy. So a statement away from pain, a statement of people trying to move away from pain might be something like, I'm so tired of feeling like I'm just making it up as I go. I'm never going to get that promotion that I'm after. So we want to use this language in our messaging and use that to communicate with our dream customers so they're more receptive to our unique value proposition. So Kev, the way that we can use that information, that statement to then communicate our UVP, it might go something like, oh, hey, B2B marketer, you don't want to feel like you're making it up as you go? Well, the B2B incubator shows you how to create demand step-by-step and gives you the tools to do it. So then you can go on to get that promotion that you're after. So you can see how we're using our UVP. We're tapping into something that's going on in their heads, a particular uh, pain or pleasure statement, and then we're marrying the two. So they're very receptive to our message. So Kev, that's really our UVP in our messaging updated, and we can roll it out to anything that's customer facing in our ABM programs. Because remember, the reason that we're doing this is to make sure we have total alignment between our product, our service, how it's positioned, and what that dream customer truly needs. Well, listeners, there you have it. That is positioning, that is messaging, that is how you get from positioning all the way to messaging and exemplifying your UVP everywhere it needs to go. Key takeaways for today's episode, George. Positioning is all about how your dream customers perceive your product or brand. It's also about how to influence their perception of it. You need to adjust your positioning and communications so it becomes a natural fit for your target customers in ABM. And then make sure to update anything customer facing to reflect that positioning as well. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Kevin. Listeners, as usual, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. And next week, we're going to actually go deeper into some playbooks that you guys can use to warm up your target accounts when it comes to ABM. We're so grateful that each week, more and more marketers are tuning in every Monday morning to the B2B Playbook podcast. And if we can ask just one thing, it's please to just leave us a short review on whatever platform it is that you listen on, or even better, Tell someone about it who you think could really benefit from it. Uh, It's an awesome help to us and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. 